0: Collateral damage, baby. Collateral damage. The Marlins, they go into Pittsburgh and they win a series. Yes, they win a series, but at what cost? J.J. A is up. Sandy Alcantara had his worst start of the year. Six innings, two earned in runs and 10Ks. Sandy Alcantara is winning the Cy Young in 2022. There's so much to get into on today's Lockdown Marlins. And of course, it's Monday. Sean Barrett, the UK GOAT, is in the house. Greetings from England and welcome to Monday's edition of Lockdown Marlins. I'm your host, of course, Peter Pratt. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Subscribe to the pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hello if you're watching. And uh, of course, if you are, you can see it's Monday. We're in regular rotation now. Sean Barrett is in the house. Sean, how are we doing?
1: I wish I could say I was doing well, Pete. I'm not quite wearing all black in morning, but it was coming close to it. Yeah. yeah, that might be the worst Marlins uh winning series I've seen in a long time.
0: Has to be one it. I mean I mean, let's just kind of dive straight into it, mate, because um there's so much to get into on today's episode, no doubt. Actually, before we do that, we have to let everyone know about the show, the episode sponsor, and this episode is brought to you by Blue Nile, make your mo Blue Nile dot com. And going now, it's the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. More about those guys later on, Sean. Let's get into it, brother. There's so much to unpick from this uh, Pirate series. Obviously, we had the one game series against the Rangers. I was out walking with the sheep, um, and that was painful. Um, the streak rolled into the Pirate series. And they got a couple of innings in and ended up tying their, their longest inning streak of no runs. It was just insane. Um, but in summary, mate, just what's your general feeling about that series as a whole? And everything that went on and all the injuries and the Blade call-up, there's just there's just so much to unpick here.
1: Yeah, so much yin and yang, isn't there? You know, yeah. having Meyer start your second start, having Blade come up you know there, there was a lot of optimism optimism the, the mm-hmm. team were doing what we've been asking them to do for so long uh, and yeah it didn't it didn't quite work out i mean you know the loss of Meyer to what is essentially gonna be a season-ending injury uh ba re-injuring the the shoulder that he had surgery on Coop mm. getting hit again with a pitch in you know same hand the, the same hand that he broke you know it was a case of i woke up that next morning thinking you know where are the positives where where are the you know the plus signs that we can look forward to i think my i think bladey sorry is one of those he's looked yeah. nice since he's come up played a little bit centre field is he the answer for the marlins going forwards it'd be interesting if he is but on the whole it was you know it was another sort of nail in the coffin for the season for me
0: it felt that way, didn't it? I mean, boy, oh boy, it's an absolute scroll of injuries that have just stacked up here on the fish. So kind of unpicking it all, really. Um, Jazz Chisholm transferred to the 60-day um, IL. That was kind of coming once we got the news that it's going to be like another six weeks or whatever the timeline is. Um, just on Jazz, gut feel. Um, do we see him again in 2022 for the Marlins?
1: I hope not. And and that doesn't mean that I don't want him back. But what I mean by that is I don't want him... Being rushed back for a week or two weeks or even three weeks of play, it just makes no sense, you know. Let him rest up, let him get recovered, um, and we'll go again next year. He's such an important player, and we've seen when he's in the lineup how important he is uh, to the team. Um, so yeah, let him let him take his rest, yeah. and we'll come back far in twenty twenty three.
0: I'm with you. I, I'm, I'd be shocked if we see Jazz again um, in in twenty twenty two. Soler then. Uh, tweaks is back again. That's a reoccurrence for Soler. So that that kind of you know he's pulled from the game. Um, again another concerning factor there. Equally, the timing is not optimal. What we should be kind of thinking about here too is you know Soler. I think was one of the movable vets, perhaps that could be an impact guy. I mean, like there's an obvious, obvious, obvious fit with the Bravos. Um, Duval's just um had season-ending surgery on his wrist. You know the bravos, the fit there with Soler, roll it back. You know, big big player and big big spots for them. So the timing is not optimal, but Soler goes to the IL. The cor- corresponding move ends up being JJ Blade who comes up, and we'll talk about Blade shortly. But Soler stint another back issue. It's got this reoccurring vibe here with the fish. So, what's your sense on Soler? Is he? I mean, we're ten days away, nine days away from the deadline itself. Are the Marlins shopping him?
1: I think you have to try. I think it is a point now with these injuries, and not so much at the end of performance because he's he's been okay. But it's got to the point where the the fifteen million dollar option for him next year, mm. you know, that is something that he's probably thinking. Thank you very much. I'll take that, you know, straight away. And yep. it's it is a case of you know these injuries are have continued to roll in for the miles. We talked previously about Ba's coming back and Wendell's coming back, and and, and how the lineup's going to get improved during that time and and I think I said something along the lines of, you know, we've got to make sure that everyone else stays healthy for when they come back and it's just not happened ultimately. Um, So, yeah, no, this season, I think there's a lot of storylines in this season, but I think one of those will be the the reoccurring injuries that the Marlins have had this year.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you only got to look after last season, it was basically all of the strength and conditioning staff were, were canned because last year we were all just, you know, it was just such a shambles how how often and frequent these these injuries were occurring. They were happening in bunches. Um, you know, I guess there's pressure for the guys to try and get back out there, right? Like, you know, Joey Wendell was one of those guys earlier too, like these hamstrings. We saw it last year with Alfaro. You keep trying to play through. It's a hamstring. you got to run fast in baseball. You know, lo and behold, you pull the hamstring again. Um, and, you know, again with Soler, it's a vicious swing. Like he's got a very, very vicious like approach um, for certain. So I'm intrigued. Very intrigued. Like you said, the option is unappealing at 15 mil right now. However, you know, he ends up securing that contract off the back of what he did after the deadline last year. Like, let's be honest, he was having a terrible first half. He comes alive in the second half. So there uh, honestly, the Braves. They're a very interesting fit, I think, for Soler. It would not shock me if they try and you know, do something there, basically just send another backup catcher and the Marlins, I think would be delighted with that um, if indeed they could. So wait and see on Soler. Brian Anderson, you've mentioned me. Again, another reoccurrence, another issue with the shoulder. Um, Brian Anderson, only one year of arbitration uh, remaining, uh, projected to earn around about $6 million next year in final year of ARB. Um, the defense has dropped off recently. I mean, some kind of naughty hops. I don't know. But for me, it just hasn't looked like the same BA. From an offensive standpoint, he's actually been okay since he's come back. Like, July, has been fine. Whereas Soler, the strikeout has been absolutely horrific in, in July, I was looking at earlier. But Brian Anderson, where's your head at now with him? Is I mean, I was thinking that he could be movable at this deadline as well. Like, there's a year of control, you know, an elite defensive profile at third base, again, but the shoulder maybe kind of really scuppers that. If the Marlins head into the off-season uh, with an arbitration decision to make, and they do have one maybe with BA, do, do they want to even consider non-tendering at six mil or try and flip him like Alfaro like they did and, and maybe get a small piece back? Where's your head at generally with BA? The
1: thing is with BA, is like he's been with the team for a while now. We all know what BA is. Mm. Uh, I think the question you've got to ask yourself is, if you had to choose between B. A. and Wendell, who would you rather see in the lineup next year? And I think on the, no the basis of what we've seen this year, it's Wendell easily. He's got a mutual option for next year, so that's you know there's a little bit of a question mark in there. Is there a way to negotiate something in season? I think if we saw something like that happen, or if we saw B. A. BA trade, that's where their the head would be at. Because let's not forget that there are a lot of players on this team that are going into another year of arbitration. They're getting more expensive. You know, with with the way that the payroll is constructed yep. and as a Marlins fan, you always know it's not going to be large. Like, how many of these players are they realistically going to be paying? And I think when you've got two players who basically are the same kind of guy, um, or at least in this instance, can play third base, which is where you'd probably play Wendell, or BA, you know, if you kept on for next year. So I think BA is interested in the sense of, yes, I think he has got some value. The, shoulder, the second shoulder injury, especially depending on its severity, is mm. a really interesting optic. But I don't think that the team decide to to make any other changes. I think they would still go trade. If, that, if that's what they're thinking, keep Wendell, trade BA. But it's an interesting sort of wrinkle, especially with the injury.
0: Yeah, definitely is. Um, and there was no messing around with BA either, right? Straight to the IL. So it wasn't like they took a time to dwell on it. Uh, we'll talk about Cooper just after the ad now shortly because with Coop, um took a took a pitch to the wrist same wrist he was pinch hitting as well he'd sat there having a day off um was called into a one-run game you know Coop, get out there see what you can do It ends up getting you know 97 up and in under the wrist straight into his you know and that is not optimal for him clearly um we'll talk about him shortly but you know for for ba it's it's just the same injury you know the production's definitely dropped is he worth six mil to your point um joey Wendell, Looking here, it looks like it's a club option, by the way, that they have this. And the Marlins have the option on them at 6 mil, but with a 75 grand buyout or something, if they indeed want to get out of that, which I don't think they're going to look to do. I think uh, Wendell has certainly proven his value. A lot of other teams, I've seen a lot of other Twitter fan bases talking about Joey Wendell as well. So other teams are clearly aware that the Marlins could be selling studs and Joey Wendell could be acquirable perhaps. But nevertheless, let's get into our first U.S. ad of the day. And as we've already teased out, It's our good friends over at BlueNile.com. And at Blue Nile, you can celebrate all of life's special moments, from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all the prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. No, no, no. So if you're thinking about popping the question or celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. So if you're thinking about that question, engagement rings, baby. Blue Nile, they've got simple online tools to let you choose the diamond shape, size, bigger is better, and clarity as well as setting style. Blue Nile's jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each is one of a kind. Bespoke, baby. Bespoke engagement ring for your beautiful bride. Yes, please sign me up. Or if you're thinking about special moments then and you're looking for fine jewelry, why not? Celebrate special moments with jewelry. It's the perfect, perfect present. Um, but if you're having trouble choosing, Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. So, here we go. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going now, it's the Blue Nile anniversary sale. Boy, oh boy. 40%. 40%. Save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Absolutely stunning from Blue Nile. Plus, every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. So shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to bluenile.com today. Sean Barrett, talk to me then, brother. How are you feeling about this Cooper situation in general? I know this must be a very, very painful situation for you.
1: It was a bad time to live by a clifftop, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> it? Really was. Yeah, I mean, the news has since come out that you know they're hoping that he can avoid the IL and that it's ultimately in the end not that serious the injury. But you know from Coop's reaction and and 96 like, on the wrist just isn't going to be fun, is it? No. You know, it, it looked like that could be a problem um, that was going to sort of maybe not end the season, but certainly put a dampener into it. Uh, so the fact that he can return, and hopefully that he will in the next couple of days, you know, if every, everybody talking about how how uh, he's often injured, uh, in this sense he's a man of steel because he's got <laughs> he's got a bit of steel in his wrists nowadays. So um, yeah, if he can get back without an IL stint or even a short IL stint, that will definitely keep me happy. Um, and I think it will also be really important for the Marlins if we are going to continue to cling on to this. Yeah, ever shrinking hope of playoff baseball this year
0: yeah boy oh boy it's it's definitely shrinking fast but I mean you just get all the injuries piling up and I mean you know yes we had from Soler anyway you get JJ Bladé up we're going to talk about him and the impact he made in in you know the, the game and, and inning let's say that that he was involved in but it piles up and next thing is the Marlins continue down this pathway of well Astadio's back in We've seen Billy Hamilton actually recently, uh, and that we haven't really seen much of Luke Williams either. So, yeah, Donny was kind of true to his word in many ways that he said pre All Star break, where like the load management is gone. Problem is, all the players have gone now, and there's no one to manage because everyone's gone down. So that's the problem they face. For me, the most concerning piece of it all, I know Cooper clearly for you is um, you know it. Yeah, you know, he's he's an All Star for the Fish this year, and. A big part of this offense, albeit this offense, as we've obviously mentioned, is very underwhelming and been on a historically bad stretch. Nevertheless, to see Max Meyer exit the game after, what, 10 pitches with an elbow-related uh, issue, for me, that's the real kick in the uh, in, in, in the plums, I'd say, on that one for, for the Marlins. Because for me, I was just excited to see what Max could do. I think this was the perfect time for him, the second half of the year now just kind of get his legs under him at the major league level. Let's not forget, you know, drafted in what 2020 during the COVID year. Um, So, you know, he's had a real kind of patchy progression and development piece thus far. He finally gets it to a point where he's absolutely blazing. And then to have this happen, we haven't really seen anything of, of substance out, but you know, let's think back to Lazardo, mate. Early in the year, you know elbow sprain miss a start he's Lazardo's been missing for three months four months ever since he's 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 having a rehab i think tonight, but nevertheless, for me, that's the end of the year for Max Meyer. what about you? a hundred percent
1: yeah there's yeah. absolutely no reason to rush it, and I think if he can come back next season you know in spring training and show some health, that would be great. My biggest concern beyond that is he's thrown sixty six innings this year. Like, do you want him thrown any more than 120 next year? And even that, to me, sounds a little scary, especially at his age with the injury history. Like, this is going to be a case where this is really going to dampen like his career for the next couple of years until they yep. can get him here. With health, it's going to take a couple of years to get him to 150, 180, um, which I think is probably a, a normal, non-Sandy kind of starting pitches innings rate anyway you know the, the days of two hundred and two twenty are just you know they've disappeared now but yeah. even still one one twenty, one fifty, one eighty that that's going to take a few years and it's just such a shame yeah that he's got the talent you know he looked he looked good um not just in the minors but also in that little brief stint that we saw in the majors but you know it is a case of it's resetting starting again next year and, and, and hope for the best
0: yeah for sure we're gonna see, you know, a similar kind of pathway, let's say, with Jake Eder, who obviously was absolutely on fire last year as well. I mean, let's I mean, let's roll back the clock there. Jake Eder was perhaps having a better year than Max Meyer last year. Obviously, he's ended up with the Tommy John surgery. Again, we don't know the situation with Max fully yet, but you know, let's say he misses the rest of the year. Um, Jake Eder's relatively close, I believe, to like, you know, starting to to be throwing or whatever. So I haven't actually looked into that in any depth, but the timeline kind of sinks. So, you know, again. You know, it is possible, but it's a big, big blow for Max. It's a big, big blow for the Marlins. It really is. Um, Particularly as we approach a deadline, spend more time getting into this, you know, in the the, the latter part of the week and early part of next week, clearly. But, you know, the Marlins have some big, big decisions to make and they've got a lot of arms knocking around. They really have. And we've clearly got a deficient offense. And so they're going to have to move an arm or two. And so they're going to need to be leaning on, you know, Max Meyer, Jake, Ida. Edward Cabrera, Jesus Lodges. I mean, it's a big long list. Some of those guys have got to go. Braxton Garrett would kind of throw into the mix. Sandy is an immovable. Um, you know, Pablo, wait and see. Decisions to make. Sixto, wait and see. Um, the one thing I was looking at over the weekend, didn't realize this, the, the Marlins decided to, with Sixto this year, not put him onto the Major League IL. They could have, but they didn't. They decided to option him and then place him on the IL at the major league level, uh, sorry, the minor league level, what does that mean? Sixto Sanchez is now out of minor league options. Out of minor league options now. Really shrinks their ability to maneuver that one. It it just kind of caught me off guard. I'm looking back thinking, why did they make that decision? Why would they not just put him on the 60-day you know, IL at the major leagues and, and retain that option? I actually don't know the answer to that. I'm, I need to dig into that. But it really caught me off guard. Dexto Sanchez, without options, the mobility. Um Braxton Garrett will have options. So, you know, he has one. We'll wait and see if he's around still. But, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting ish, no doubt. Let's do this final ad. And then we've got 10 minutes runway to really get into some uh, nuts and bolts around JJ Bleday and uh, what else we saw on the field. Um, so our final US ad. With a British twist, it's our good friends, of course, at BetOnline, BetOnline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all the latest and, well, your favorite sports and events at the number one source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews, news of every league, and that includes Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. I'm even going to throw in tennis into the mix. They'll have tennis cover too. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. So, head to Bet Online today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, then, Sean. Let's get into it, then, mate. JJ, Blood a up, um, and listen. I have never, never experienced hyperbole around a walk. Like I experienced in the morning after that JJ Bullarday walk made, but more broadly, he's up. Yes, it took so to go down, a few other injuries, but finally the Marlins have pulled the trigger on it. How pleasing was that to see? And then equally, he then gets the start yesterday, UK friendly game in center field, nonetheless. He, Jesus Sanchez pun, punched out at the corners, which he, and you know, two hits, stolen bag includes an extra base hit. Not a bad start for J.J. Bloody.
1: No, he really showed sort of like everything that he can do. You know, he's he's going out mm. and, and putting out. And I, I think the walk, yeah, I mean, it was there was some interesting dialogue about that walk. But I think the reason for that is because we've been starved of late of, you know, proper at-bats, you know, clever yep. at-bats where you're working the count and you're, you know, we see him, you know, with Sanchez and with... Avi, we're seeing some really poor at bats. So mm-hmm. for a guy that that's that young and tasting the major leagues for the first time, having that advanced approach and and that's everything that we heard about him since the Marlins drafted him. Was he's an advanced approach guy? He's got a guy that's got a you know a high a high floor. He's going to be a major leaguer at some point, and he's going to advance quickly. And maybe that didn't happen so much as 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 it did in the end, but ultimately he's come up and shown in again two games. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But <laughs> he is, you know, he is showing that ability to be, a, a, you know, a, a proper good major league player. And I think the fact that he's hitting fifth today is is, you know, testament to that. The fact that Abby's hitting clean up ahead of him—that's you know, going to continue to frustrate me until that stops being the case. But mm-hmm. no, I think. There's a lot of excitement, and wherever this season goes, you know, into August, into September, you know, it's a guy that's going to keep making me want to watch baseball, regardless of the of the record.
0: That was definitely the case yesterday. I mean, the lineup came out; it was looking a bit subpar, let's say, um, but Bl- Blade was in there, and that definitely was getting uh, the the fans' interest, no doubt. It was a sandy day yesterday. Sandy Alcantara was was average. He was average yesterday he didn't have his best stuff him with the you know the humidity it was hot out there you could see I mean he he blitz the the catcher on his on his buttocks um with like 100 mile an hour like it just like clearly slipped from his hand hit him in the buttocks. yeah but Sandy wasn't on and when what I mean by that is six innings, two earned <laughs> the Alcantara not on. listen, his average is better than your races. Good, that's just the situation with Sandy Alcantara. He's winning the Cy Young this year, in my opinion. Is there anyone else that can catch him in this race? Do you think?
1: No, no, when, when we're talking about Sandy being average, and I think Mattingly said no good when referencing that start. I mean, that's crazy, you know. <laughs> I didn't fight hundred and five pitches, ten strikeouts there's a little bit of wildness there mm, there' was. three walks on top of that, just the five ground ball outs, which is not vintage sandy, but mm. i mean it's just insane. this is a level that we are talking about this level of excellence where he can go out there and give you a quality start with ten strikeouts and we'll all go in what 's wrong with sandy <laughs> where's vintage sandy I he know. is that good he is that good, so it, it is a case of as long as we see him for the rest of the season, he is locked in on the on the Cy Young. Yeah. And I will not allow anyone to say anywhere else, you know, nope. I'll, I'll allow the Kershaw All-Star Game star, mm. but this is his Cy Young. Uh, in, and there's no there's no discussion there.
0: Nailed on. Do you know what actually helps Sandy in, in this, when we get to the Cy, what will help him is the fact that he was robbed of that All-Star starting appearance. The vote, like the people who vote for that will be like, Oh, yeah, actually, like, Sandy just – he deserves something this year for certain. Like, that will really help to kind of flip it and just solidify things, in my opinion. A couple of other news and notes from the the weekend series, mate, that I want to get into. A bit of a strange – so, the streak was broken. Miggy Rowe breaks the streak. He runs up the the first baseline. He gets into second base in the end, I believe. He scores Brian Anderson, um, Miggy Rowe – Going crazy. Bananas. They, I mean, rightly so. They've been you know, shut out for however many innings. It was just a crazy streak and stretch for the fish. It was just embarrassing, to be honest with you. Miggy got it done. What was your take on the celebration in general before I kind of get into something else?
1: I mean, for someone, anybody from the outside looking in would look at that and say, you know, that's that's an embarrassment. <laughs> they should that's be what ashamed I thought. Of, they should be ashamed of themselves. But to be yeah. fair, I think hmm. it's nice to see that they care. Mm. Enough, and I think that's not so much celebrating the 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 breaking of the streak. I think that's more the relief that yeah. we can we can move on now and we can forget about this because you know the fact that it's on their mind, the fact that they notice is is something that fans of sports kind of want their players to do. You know yeah. they want them to care more. They don't want to see them in the club after a, a tough loss when you're suffering. And enjoying themselves. So the fact that they suffer, they have suffered this embarrassment as well themselves of this scoreless streak is is you know something as a fan you should look at and go, I'm glad to see that.
0: For sure, it is embarrassing. Uh, it, it's a total embarrassment. And listen, this is Miggy Rose Clubhouse, right? Let's not let's not you know get around that. Like this is still Miggy Rose steering the ship. This Clubhouse to me has looked broken all year long. Something's definitely been up. For sure, Miggy Rowe breaks the streak. After the game, though, there was an interesting soundbite, and I just found that this this very, very interesting and maybe funny, and maybe just perfectly summarizes this Marlin season. Um, and the the quote was: "Miggy Rowe said the team listened to the Titanic song before today's game. So before the game, they listened to the Celine Dion legendary track um, and uh, the Titanic song, and it, by motivating their offenses, finally score a run." I am I mean, if I'm trying to get pumped, if I'm thinking about trying to score runs, I am not going down the Titanic route, or that song in general. Um, That, to me, signals something different as well. I'm taking away different vibes from that, mate, where they listen to the Titanic. We all know how the the film ends. It ends with them hitting the iceberg, and I think they hit the iceberg a few weeks back, and I think this ship is sinking quick. Um, But what was your take on that? I mean, if you have one, you may not. I just thought it was a funny little soundbite. It's
1: it's an aged reference, though, isn't it? We're talking, what, late 90s? So it yeah. certainly speaks to the age of, of, some, <laughs> it of the, does. some of the guys.
0: <laughs> Brian De La Cruz has never seen it, has he? He's never
1: seen it. Yeah, De La Cruz film. and Jazz, they're probably listening to that and going, what on earth is this? You know, <laughs> it's, it's, there's a clear disconnect between one faction and another yeah. of, the, of, the, of the clubhouse. We saw that a couple of weeks and months ago. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, it's an interesting sort of aspect to the clubhouse, for sure.
0: It's a really good point. I hadn't thought about it in that way, but you're completely right. Like it's of an age and unfortunately it's of an age. Listen, I'm going to call it out now. I'm 38. I'm going to be 40 next year calendar year. And, you know, I know that song and it brings back a lot of childhood memories. And yeah, maybe that kind of is a, is a nod to the, the older generation in there. Cause actually when you look at it, it's quite a, the, the, the hitting side. Anyway, there's a lot of vets in there. We talked about that. You've got like the youthful exuberance of jazz Jesus Sanchez, Brian Dela Cruz, those three dudes. But actually, the other dudes are like, you know, they're all kind of thirty plus, I guess. And um, you know, one other thing I just want to talk about very briefly: um, Avi Garcia. He's he's going back and playing in the central. We're at, we've got a four game series in in Cincinnati, and we're kind of running low on time here. But we'll we'll kind of get into it quickly. Um, Eli shared some some clips uh, from last season when he was with the Brewers. Um, and they were playing, obviously, they played a lot of games against Cincinnati. And, uh, you know, we enjoyed playing in that ballpark. So we're going to be intrigued to see how that goes. But as Eli rightly called out as well, the difference in the build of Avi Garcia is, it's startling. Like he, it looks it's a different guy. He is, he's up to Vogel back kind of status right now in comparison to what he was. For me, that is a bad look too, right? You've come in, you've got paid 50 million bucks. and You've let yourself go and you were not delivering on the field. He should be absolutely in the gym going, listen, I'm getting back to peak fitness. But I haven't seen any of that from, from Abigail Garcia. What about you?
1: This is an aspect where the MLB guarantee contracts are starting to hurt sometimes. Right, when for sure. A player sees that payday and and, and, t- and takes a foot off the gas. I think we spoke about it before. I mean, what on earth is he doing back in, in the cleanup spot? You've got one. You've got one um, ability to force his hand, and that's bat him eighth or ninth, yeah. and just say, "Look, do you do you want to be a major league baseball player? You know, because yes, we might have to eat this money for the next four years, but you're going to suffer too, buddy, unless you pick it up."
0: Yeah, no doubt. The funny thing as well from the weekend before Soler actually hit the IL, he had that treatment. By the way, Soler was shunted way down. Let's think back pre his 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 first stint. He was in the three spot. He was immovable in the three spot, I think, and and then I think he was in the seven hole um, on the final game. So Saleh was getting that treatment. Like I said, he was striking out at a, a horrendous clip. You know, Avi. I mean, he's, he still has two, but Saleh's like fifty percent of the time in July. I think it was like something ridiculous. But I mean, no one. We're just at the end of the path already with Avi Garcia. Like it's just it's just embarrassing, really both in terms of the build, the way he's looked after himself. Well, he hasn't. The way he seems to have um, connected with the clubhouse guys, well, he hasn't. He's obviously, like, fully removed and distant, it seems. And then just at the plate, too. It's just it's just so frustrating. We're sitting there and watching the same things over and over and over again. It's so, so tough. Um, but four-game series in Cincinnati, mate. I mean, what happens if the Marlins sweep the Reds here now? What happens if they sweep them? Are we back in? Like, like how... How much of a tightrope are we walking in, or of of the front office fully recognize that this team is going nowhere this year and and, and actually just pulls the plug and puts us out of our misery in uh, you know nine days' time
1: I think tightrope is a, the perfect word for this <laughs> so it is, you know it depends on how far they want to go you 've got a four game series against the Reds, and then you've got a tough three game series against the Mets and then we're back with the Reds for three games, so if you look at yep. that as a ten game series and you know the, the Marlins go, you know, eight and two, seven and three over that period of time. You could almost try and convince yourself again that they could be buyers, uh, but I think this is this is it. This is the final week to ten games where you go. At the end of this, we will know where we stand, um, and uh, part of me is looking forward to that because you know it, it, we, we can finally stop talking about it. Um, but also, part of me doesn't want. to Sort of get there because if they are sellers, then you know that's you've got to look at the season in a different way, uh, and it's something that I've got used to over time. But mm. you know, if we are sellers and we start bringing up some of the young guys and, and seeing what we've got there, that could also be quite interesting as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've only got to look at it. You know, Max Meyer comes up, we get excited. Bladé comes up, we get excited. Hey, and lo and behold, Bladé, you know, hits the ground running at the major league level. That doesn't shock me because I remember back to spring. Um, you know, in his first full spring. And he was, he handled major league pitching, you know. In that spring, I was like, okay, this is going to be a fast progression. The Bayern is just turning a corner every other week and it just wasn't happening. But, you know, he's back up, you know, he's in center field. I think that's very intriguing too. Jesus Sanchez out to the corners. I think that's intriguing as well. Um, Jesus not playing today though um, against the lefty, but Blade is, again, interesting as well. There's a lot of storylines yet to be written about this Marlins uh, season, to be honest with you. There's a lot of storylines that have been written and maybe some that should have been written that haven't. And I'm very intrigued to see the way it goes in the next nine days. I think fundamentally that apart from Sandy Alcantara, on the active roster right now, everyone is available. Everyone. I truly believe that, that right now they're in that headspace that everyone is available apart from Sandy Alcantara on the active roster. And actually, I'm just going to throw it out there. I'm just going to say Jazz and Sandy are the only two. So do with that information what you will. It's going to be a wild deadline. There's going to be a lot talked about it pre-deadline. The Bassman, will finish on the Bassman because we're rounding up. He, he had a save opportunity again, mate. It ended up blowing it again the Bassman has had a stunning year. But this this ninth inning, mate, I don't know what happens to the Bassman in the ninth, but he just it just doesn't happen. He's over six in save opportunities now for the Marlins. Wild scenes. Is Tanner Scott still the closer? If there's a save opportunity today with a day of rest for Scott yesterday, is he actually still the closer?
1: I think you have to put him out there, don't you? I mean, it is a case of if not him, who um yeah, the, the bass. I mean I think there's still value there. I still think that they will try and uh, and use that leverage to try and, and trade him away. Yeah. Uh, but with that option next year it's really interesting because if the miners do end up trading him mm. and over the life of that contract he never actually gets a save mm-hmm. um in a, in a year and a half it's just it's just fascinating, isn't
0: it? Yeah. Wild. It really is Really, really is. And the other guy I'm just going to briefly touch on, and this is kind of like, it, it's linked to Coop, clearly. They're trying to like see, can Coop get through this? Like When I first saw it and heard the news after the game, I thought that's Coop probably done for the year, actually, was my initial take. The Marlins are maybe giving it a little bit more of a breathing room. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing with Lewin Diaz. I don't know what the plan is with Lewin. I put it out there on Twitter, I think, yesterday. I'd had a wine at this point. Listen, I'm going to call it out. I'd had a glass of wine. It's fine. It's when I do my best thinking. The Marlins don't rate Lewin Diaz. They don't they don't believe in him. And I think they're going to trade him at some point. I think Lewin Diaz will be traded as part of some sort of package to go and get a bat somewhere else because from what I'm seeing the way they have they don't believe in him. So I think that's going to be up at some point Lewin and an arm to go and get some other hitter. I don't know. It's absolutely head scratching to me. I love the guy. He's going to be been one of my favorite prospects we've had. Love the power, love the tools, love the glove. The Marlins don't, so there we go. We're six minutes over, so I better wrap it up. Um, that's Monday's episode in the books, but I need to work out what I'm saying after that. And it is. <laughs> it was. Thanking you guys. And thanking Sean Barrett as well. Uh, uh, the, the, the resident Monday analyst now who always gets the tough gig because he's got at least three games to try and squeeze into 30 minutes with me, and I go off on a tangent, but... Thank you to Sean, as always. Um, He may be back later this week, TBC, as always. He's always available. Um, But thanks for making Locked On Marlins your first listen of the day. And if you're thinking about your second listen, head over to Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team. And the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on Audacity, YouTube, wherever you get your pods. I think Sully is going to be extremely busy in the next 10 days um, covering all of the news, and there is going to be a lot of it. So that is it. Monday's episode of Locked on Marlins is in the books. Four-game series with the Reds. Looking forward to it. The Marlins could do some damage. I'm very intrigued. Trevor Rodgers versus Jonathan India this evening. I am extremely, extremely interested to see how that goes. I believe Jonathan India is in the leadoff spot as well. Trevor Rogers has had his struggles in the first inning at times. My my money is striking out Jonathan India on three pitches to get the Marlins rolling. With that being said, enjoy the game. I'm back tomorrow.